pain, you know, this will do. But here, here's why I'm saying that, because what you do daily for a lifetime really matters. It adds up. Did you know that? Whether you have a quiet time or not, day in and day out, month in and month out, it adds up, okay? If you save a little bit of money, you know, every month, over 40 or 50 years, it adds up, doesn't it? If, you, uh, if you're like soft with your sin and not deal with your attitudes or your lust or your envy or, you know, you, you know, your negativity, that will add up over a while too. And so, you see, last night, this was beautiful because you saw leadership for a lifetime, didn't you? Yeah. And we're going to talk now about some graduation plans. Okay, like, okay, so after college, what are some of our options? But what's happening right now is you don't fully realize it because you're like in the middle of it right now, but you're doing great things this week on campus. You're doing great things coming into fall on your campus. You, you've been doing, some of you, some great things for several years, but you know what more than anything else is going on? You're getting prepared for something even greater, right? Now just think about following Jesus for three years. Did you have some good experiences if you were in that band of 12 or 70? You bet. Had you seen some great things? You bet. Had you been changed as your character in shape? You bet. But was the best yet to come? I mean, there was a whole lot more. And so what is happening right now for you, if you are humble as well as spiritual and committed, you're being prepared for some amazing things that you may not even come face to face with until you're an old man of 35 <laughs> or 40 or 50 or woman. Thank you. I was getting to that, you know, because, you know, we, brothers, we got some amazing young women. In this I mean, like, wow. I mean, it's just inspiring. So, but did you get this leadership of a lifetime? Did you see what was going on up here last night? Okay, men and women that had gotten there because they made decisions when they were right around your age, okay, and they kept doing them day in, day out, week in, week out, and that's why God's been able to use them in such a great way. So I want to do a scripture here, Galatians 6, 9, okay? Uh, one of the things that, that Paul says to Timothy, so I want to ask a brother, is to devote yourself to the public reading of what? of Scripture, to be able to get up before the body of Christ and to read the Word of God in a powerful, compelling, and a meaningful way. Who wants to take a shot at Galatians 6, 9? I'm still looking for somebody who hasn't it, uh, hasn't raised their hand as much that I know. Joseph, you raise your hand for everything. <laughs> you must think you can do everything, right? You really can. You know, you're, you're a multi-talented guy. Okay. What do you say we give somebody else a chance? Yeah, bro, go ahead. Is it Jared? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, come on up and roll with it, bro. Right there. That's right. We're going to hear you. Okay. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You, all right. Was that good? Yeah. Okay, let's go for great, Jared. Come on back up there. Okay, let's go for great. That was really good. Let's go for great. I mean, preach this passage to these your brothers and sisters let us not become weary in doing good come on bro, what we say that guys we're at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up amen oh, way to read the bible that's not good 
So that light is so key that you learn to develop and absolutely I am not going to quit and give up spirit and I won't get tired of doing the right thing even when I get no credit for it, even when it seems to go in an opposite direction for me, even if I don't see that much results. You know, right there, I'm going to continue to stay faithful. And if you do, with this lifetime of service, you're going to be doing a tremendous things with, uh, you know, with your life. Okay, I want to kind of channel back to last night and think about these couples up here. Because uh, they all had things they were doing after graduation as well. Let me, let me remind you of a couple of things. If you remember Matt Angelabelle, okay, even when he was still a student in college, was asked by the leaders of his church to go somewhere. Do you remember? Amon Jordan. Wow. That's a little bit different from Boston. Okay. And then we had Vivian Haynes who said, like, we, we, she was a single woman after she had been converted in her early corporate career. And during that time and after she got married, she went on how many church plantings? Nine, Nine church plantings. Did that make your head spin? I mean, Ken and Deb Furlong, who are consummate Alabama folks. Okay. Deep South Folks, okay, going to New Jersey for four years, dragging a little family there so they can help out the church because they needed some older members in that in that church right there. It, it, is that putting it out there? Okay, is that being prepared to do something? And then all of these guys, such tremendous things that they were uh, were involved with and continue to be uh, to be involved with the Ivies with all the things that they uh, that they've done. There is a spirit, okay. There, there is a mindset, there's an attitude that, that guys like me, women like Kelly, people like Ed Anton, others you know, in your life and your church leaders, there's an attitude we would love for you to embrace while you're still relatively young. And that is the attitude that Isaiah embraced when he first, the Lord, got his attention and captured his heart. What chapter in the Bible am I referring to? What book in the Bible? Isaiah. Hey, good. Okay, you were listening. Okay, good guess. All right. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's open it up right there. Okay, because one of the most important things we're going to talk about as we talk about what do you do, uh, what are some of the, the options and the ideas that you need to have as you consider graduation and after, you know, after campus ministry, after I graduate, the, the basic overriding principle that I'd like to put on your heart and for it to become a part of your culture, your own personal culture, the culture that you have in your family group, the culture you have in your ministry, and you'll try to promote that in, the, in your, all your days in the kingdom. And that's the spirit of, here am I, send me. Okay, and so here's what happens in Isaiah. Isaiah is a kingdom kid. He grows up around the church, serving in the temple. His dad's a priest, and he's doing some early young, you know, priesthood young guy stuff. Okay, he's in the temple, and he gets a glimpse of the glory of God. If you're just kind of looking in your Bible, verses 1 through 4, and you're kind of scanning over. He gets a glimpse of the glory of God, and it's really pretty amazing. And he sees, he realizes how holy God is, and then at the same time, once he realizes how holy he is, down in verse 5 or 6, what else does he realize? God is so holy and I'm so sinful. Okay, I'm so unlike him. And then God comes and gives him forgiveness by putting a hot coal on his tongue under any other circumstances. Tremendously negative thing, but since it cleanses him of all of his sin, 
He is moved by God. He's moved by God's grace. And then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, what do you say? Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. How about that? Can you say that sincerely under your breath right now? And just kind of talk to God and say, God, I am ready. There's a phrase we used to use where we, we, we talked about willing to go anywhere, give up everything, do or give up everything, do anything. And there was this phrase, and it was, it, it, was, it was a heart that we really tried to be able to have. For a lot of you who go to Reach and will see Upside Down, you'll see in that play just this theme continuing to, uh, to roll through. And so I do want to ask you right now, so do you have that spirit right now where you're willing to go anywhere, give up anything, you know, um, be completely surrendered to Christ? Because that has everything to do with decisions that you're going to make in the, uh, the upcoming years in, uh, in your life. Back in 2005, uh, the campus ministries were really dwindling. And, um, you know, they're probably about half the size that, uh, that they were a few years earlier. One of the things about campus ministry, if you have two or three not really good years, does the ministry stay the same? No, it gets smaller and it gets weaker. And that was going on across actually the world and certainly like in this country. And so we started out in L.A. Uh, a summer internship. You know, it hadn't been done for many, many years. We started it up again in Los Angeles. And we had 50 students like yourselves who for six weeks came and were part of an internship. And we, uh, we entitled that internship, Here Am I, Send Me. And it was the first time we put a challenge out. It was initially out to uh, that group of L.A. students and interns. And then we gave it to the entire ICMC in 2006, as we had that Here Am I, Send Me internship, or ICMC in Los Angeles. And the idea was the one-year challenge. You've heard of that, right? Oh, I see. One-year challenge. And our goal and our, our desire was a lot of us together as leaders, particularly campus ministry leaders, is that that would become a culture. It would become countercultural to what had been going on at that time, countercultural to what's going on on our campuses, and that our students would have the heart, they'd be willing to take out some time from when they graduate to when they get married and starting their careers, or you could even do it as a young married couple for that matter. But before they start doing other things, they just take themselves to their church leaders and they say, here am I, send me a year, anything you need me to do, any, any way I can serve, I want to give a year to be able to, to do that. You guys have heard of that, right? Yeah. It came, it kind of got inspired because of the Mormon church. A lot of you guys know the Mormon church, when, you, when you're a young guy, okay, or young, uh, before you, you go on to college, they typically take two years out, and they go all around the world, and they, they, they wear these kind of like very odd-looking dress, you know, for, you know, certainly at least those that we see in the, in the United States. They call themselves elders, and they go out, and they take a rejection, and they try to share their faith, and they try to share the Book of Mormon, and and their faith, and they just they get two years of some of what some people would say the best years of their life. And so we're feeling like, wow, I mean, seriously, if the Mormon church can do that, could we consider at least a bunch of us given a year? But it's, it's a challenging thing to think about doing. You see, because it's not like saying, oh, no, after I graduate, hmm, what do I want to do? Do I want to go into the singles? Hmm, what do I want to do? Do I want to go uh, to Europe? 
Do I want to go? Oh, I know. I'll do a one-year challenge down in Daytona Beach. Because I really, you know, or maybe out in Malibu. Because I really like to, well, one of our initial guys out in California wanted to do a one-year challenge. And he decided he wanted to go to Hawaii so he could surf, you know, for a year. And, you know, and learn how to be a better surfer and also help the church out there. He said, that's what I'm going to do on my one-year challenge. And I was like, bro, that's not exactly what we had in mind with the one-year challenge. In other words, you just decide what you want to do and where you want to do it because that's what you would enjoy you know, doing or being interested in, but you know what it is? It's saying, I'm willing to do anything. And guess what we ended up doing? Sending the crazy guy to Atlanta you know, for, nine, you know, for nine months with his surfboard. He actually, I think, brought a surfboard. I mean, he, he thought they were surf out on the East Coast. You know, he had you know, some bad news you know, on that. But this is, like, this is a really important thing you want to think about your heart. When you think about graduating, where is your mindset? Is it, where am I needed? God has done so much for me. God's kingdom has done. Where do you need me? And does, does that make sense to you? you understand where we're going? Do you understand the scriptures on all of this? Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, if anybody would come after me, he does what? Denies himself. How often? Daily. Takes up his cross and follow me. Luke 14, 33, unless you give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. We know these passages. These are ones we study with others and are a big part of our lives as well. I think we do have to like ask ourselves, you know, what? Uh, where's our heart on this? The guys in, in North River know this, particularly the guys training for ministry. Um, but our uh, Kelly and I were converted down in Gainesville, University of Florida. A lot of you guys know that. Always great to have the Gainesville brothers here and sisters. Yes. Uh, always meaningful. But like for, for us, when we were trained, there was very little money in the church, you know, back then to be able to do things like interns and putting people on staff and that sort of thing. It was sort of, it was absolutely unheard of that if you wanted to go tr continue training for the campus ministry, because most people aren't ready right when they graduate from college to go lead a campus ministry. They need more training, they need more seasoning, they need more help. And so uh, all of us, and we're talking about dozens of people at that point, we simply get a job at Publix or uh, work in construction if we could get that kind of job, or some of the guys form painting companies, or if, if there was a Starbucks, we would have been there, but that was before that stuff was around. And so we would work for a year or two, okay, and work all day, and then once we got off, run, go take a shower, and head off and spend about four hours in the dorms. That's just what we did. Uh, leading Bible talks, and, and sharing our faith, and getting discipled, and, and we would do that, you know, year or two, some guys three years, until we felt, you know, the, the leader said, you guys are ready, or there was an opening and a need for a campus minister, you know, somewhere. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, Kelly and I got married, and then we went out to the University of Colorado, we were 25 years old, and started a campus ministry there, had one, uh, one student, you know, there at the time. We didn't know a single person in that city, nobody. It, it was the end of the earth to us, okay? I mean, Kelly had never been past the Mississippi River, you know, like ever, had no friends. And so, but there was a, uh, they, they said we needed, you know, a campus minister. Our, our church leader said, hey, listen, go take a shot at this. We went out there, and two and a half years later, our campus ministry was 220 uh, disciples, uh, all on one campus, the University of Colorado. That's just to show the kind of thing that is possible, you know, you know for you. Pretty much all those people were baptized, you know, into Christ. And uh, the guys, again, in order to, no, I keep, I keep these things because I'm a little bit of a pack rat. And, uh, and I've got my, uh, we, we've got our roster 
from spring of 2000, uh, 1979, two and a half years after we started, with 120 brothers and 90 sisters in the campus ministry, you know, there. And I got John, uh, Ed, Ed Anton, when we were spending some time, you know, a couple of days ago, was saying, hey, do you know a guy named Kurt Woodham, Tom? And I said, yeah, Kurt Woodham was baptized in 1979 at the University of Colorado. He said, we're appointing him an elder, you know, next Sunday. Okay, and then we were in Denver about three weeks ago. So many of the leaders there we were, were baptized 40 years ago. I mean, it's amazing. And then we saw in Douglas Jacoby's newsletter that he sends out, and some of you guys see it on a monthly basis, a picture of him in Hawaii with a guy named John Toda. John was baptized in one of our Bible talks on campus in 1978. He had to go back to Hawaii after about six months. He's one of those guys, you know, like in your ministry, they get baptized, they leave, you don't know where they are, there's no church where they're going, and there was no church out there. And then we find out 40 years later, he's an elder in a church in Hawaii. And come on, John Toto! You know, and so what I'm, what I'm really trying to do for you guys is to help give you a vision for what can happen. I got our statistics from 1978, 1979 on all the campus ministries and could tell you in your campus, like uh, Triangle, uh, 46 students were baptized in North Carolina State in, in that school year. Ohio State, 98 uh, baptisms you know, from uh, 2000, fall of 1978 to 79. And I can tell you how your school was doing. Uh, Clemson had a bunch. Um, and, and so, but here's, here's what happened. We went out as campus ministers here. Here's the main thing that we had. First of all, we were a part of a great, growing, multiplying campus ministry, and we just had it in our bones. And you'll have it. If you're part of one, you just sort of know stuff, you know, uh, and when you go other places, it's going to come out, okay, like any really good you know, training and discipling takes place. If you're not a part of that kind of campus ministry and want to be a part of that, you'll want to, after you graduate, become a part of something like that so you can just be a part and get some of that extra training and that help that you need. But I think even more important than that, we went out, surrendered to Christ, and we went out, humbled to discipling. We were willing to do whatever it took okay, to help get ourselves, you know, ready, and uh, those are the guys through the years that have continued to stay faithful and impact. I'm really, where I'm working is you, the decisions you make for this year and for the next couple of years, it's going to shape your mindset and your attitude for seriously decades to come. And going to be impacting people. Let's go to the Bible again for Acts chapter 16. You remember in Acts chapter 16? Okay, some of you guys, how many of you guys feel like, I really want to be trained? Yeah, Woo! yeah okay. You girls. How many girls want to really be trained? Well, you're not going to have a Timothy experience, but you know, um, you'll, you'll have other kinds. In Acts chapter 16, okay, we know about Timothy when he's called into the ministry. And it was in a place called Derby and Lystra. We don't know much about those churches, but we do know, wow, there was a great young guy named Timothy that was a part of one of those smaller churches who became a powerful leader, even though he naturally was timid and not particularly maybe gifted, you know, in ministry or speaking, but he, he, he became a protege of Paul, submitted himself, got disciple, had a huge impact. But uh, right here we say we meet a disciple named Timothy, whose mother was a Jew, and, and a believer, and his father was a Greek. And so Timothy was kind of growing up, 
around the church, okay, once his mom got converted. But like some of you, his dad wasn't, you know, with him on that. Dad was not a part of the kingdom. It's a little bit of a divided family. The brothers at Leicester and Iconium spoke well of him. That's kind of like, you know, the brothers in Miami and Fort Lauderdale speaking really highly of you know, you know, Lake A or any of the other guys. Okay, uh, they spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he convinced him because our, our, he, he um, uh, circumcised him. Well, he had to convince him, I'm sure. Okay, he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in the area. They all knew that his father was a Greek, and he traveled with him from town to town, and it goes on and talks about uh, the bottom line was the church grew in numbers uh, because of this kind of discipling and this kind of, this kind of commitment. Timothy was committed to discipling, wasn't he? I mean, he surrendered himself on that. That's, I mean, you know, when we just get the guys together, we have kind of fun with this a little bit more. We won't kind of roll down in that direction, you know, this afternoon. But, uh, but he, uh, Timothy was willing to go through great lengths so he could be as prepared as possible to go on this missionary journey. I don't know how, I mean, this would be equivalent to Sean Wooten coming through town, and he comes into town, and on Wednesday he says, you know what, I've been, you know, I've heard about the, uh, the CTP, and, and there are a couple of you guys, I want to tap your shoulder, I've heard good things about you here from the guys here at CTP and in your churches, and I want you to come with me, and we're going to head on back to, uh, to Kiev. And, uh, you know, uh, take your time, but we got to be ready to leave next Tuesday, you know, on a flight. That's, that's like, that's like, sell everything you got, okay, uh, shave your head bald, whatever it is they do, you know, over where they are, and, and we're going to roll with this, okay? That's, that's a pretty strong statement right there. And it took, on Timothy's part, a lot of humility and a lot of submission Kelly told me that Bree Broyles did a great job teaching yeah. around me. That really didn't surprise me, but because Bree has grown a lot in the last couple of years, and from what Kelly told me, Bree, you've grown a lot in what you talked about, which was basically being willing to empty yourself and surrender, not just to Christ in the cross, but to surrender to allow yourself to get fully discipled. Okay? Um, some of you guys are great brothers and sisters, e even some people that are leading different ministries. But have you really, I mean, do you want the full war chest? Have you actually totally surrendered yourself completely to discipling? And hey, what, if anything and everything that you see in me, I'm talking to brothers and the sisters, or do you still hold back a little bit? It's your choice. It's your choice. But the degree to which you will surrender, in 1 Peter chapter 5, 5 says, young men do what to those who are older? Submit. Submit. Okay? Turn yourself in. And, and learn and get your character really shaped. You'll understand a lot of it. Some you won't understand as much of it. There's no way Timothy understood all of this and, and about the trips and about the circumcision and about the different things and leaving his hometown in that way. But God was able to use him in an amazing, powerful way. I was talking with Kelly about this, and you remember what Jasmine, and you guys know Jasmine uh, Hope Jackson, right? Yeah. She's going to come teach in just a minute with Alex about, about dating. They were a great example, you know, on this. But uh, I remember uh, Jasmine came to our second internship, maybe? Our second internship, second or third, and do you want to tell that story, or do you just want me to do it? I mean, it doesn't matter. I can do it. Come on. Yeah, come, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
Well, when you think about Jesus' ministry, whoops, um, he is always looking for disciples, for followers. And um, so I'm always looking for women that want to be taught, that really want to be mentored. I'm always looking for that. That's, that's my main antenna out, is every opportunity I have of talking to women about what they're learning or what they want to learn. And um, I just happened to run into Jasmine, asked her, you know, who's discipling her and so forth and how that was going. And she's like, yeah, it's going pretty good. And But I really want more training. And as soon as those words came out of her mouth, of course, I kind of gave her some ideas on how she could go about getting that where she was. She was at a different church, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I kind of threw it out there. I said, well, let's keep up. So I got her number, gave her mine, and we just kept up for several months. And I threw out the idea of, you know, if you ever want to, you know, you might want to consider the one-year challenge and just come here for a year and be trained and really, you know, get some fundamental training. And she's like, wow, that sounds interesting. I'll pray about it. So we just kept up off and on. And, of course, she was majoring in journalism. She's this multi-talented girl, professional dancer. She could have probably done pretty much anything she wanted. But long and short of it is, you know, after talking with her, finally, you know, it came to the time when she was going to graduate. I said, hey, what are you thinking? Because we've got a spot. And I would love for you to fill that spot. I really want you to come and be a part of the training program here. So anyway, she's like, yeah, it sounds great. Um, she had been praying about it. We had been talking, and she decided, yeah, for a year, I'll take out a year. Well, then that turned into, I don't know, five or six years, and she's still here. Um, but she ended up, you know, being one of our main leaders on the campus, did a phenomenal job there, then went on to help out with teens and did an amazing job there. I mean, she's learned so many different aspects of the ministry being here, but it was really because of that heart to look, turn herself in yeah. and really a lot of what Bree talked about. Um, and I, I think we, we, can't, we can't ever get beyond that. We're always learning. And one thing I want you to think about is if you aren't, Passing on what you are learning is lost. Yeah. If you aren't really intently, yeah. you know, deliberately passing on what you know and thinking in terms of that, I want to pass this on to this specific person, then it's really lost. And uh, that, you know, that would be a shame because God's teaching us to be able to go out and teach others. And Matthew 28, we know it's not just converting people, right? But the important thing, it's continuing to teach them. Yeah. To be obedient so it's a continual thing but um anyways you know jasmine's one of my best friends i feel like we're going to be friends for life and you'll you'll develop friends like that when yeah. when you really turn yourself in yeah. that are literally in your life for life yeah. Yeah. that's great thank you thank you kelly um you know it's it's not easy when you're the bright and shining star in your smaller ministry to stay humble it really is that's what timothy was that's what Jasmine was. That's what many of you are. But let me tell you, you need to go down really deep and follow the example of Jesus who emptied himself yeah. and really decide to what degree am I, hey, what degree am I willing to really surrender myself? I mean, Navy SEALs style, you know, or some less, you know, than, uh, you know, than that. Even for Kaya, when we were out in our first ministry, because it's a challenge when you, when you're out there kind of, kind of uh, more more alone kind of by yourself okay ministry was was going great okay on that but even at that one i got independent and wow i'm doing really good 
you know, this ministry is growing like amazing, and maybe I don't need to stay as close, you know, to different brothers or keep getting that kind of cycling. That really, really hurt me, you know, down the road and ended up hurting, you know, the ministry as well. So you guys are here. God brought you here because you're something special. God brought you here. And in many cases in your ministries, you're, you're very strong. You're making an impact. But listen, man, just keep staying humble. And, and you know what I would love if every single one of you guys would go back to your ministry and talk to your campus minister or your evangelist or one of the elders or one of the, and just say, here am I, send me uh, wherever I need, whatever you need me to do, I'm yours. I'm a disciple. You know, I hope it's not nine church plantings in the next, you know, two years, but hey, whatever it is, wherever I need it. And then some of you like actually to take that, you know, make that kind of official formal declaration of, okay, for this particular year, you know, here am I, send me. Let me tell you the different things you can do. And that, that's, the, the, that, that's the spirit and the heart of the practicals here that you're going to get that are really easy and going to come flying at you here. Okay, but without the heart, without the humility, without the surrender, without the here am I, send me, you know, kind of thing, um, that it's just not going to go uh, ultimately where it needs to go. Here's some of the things that, that you want to consider after graduation for you and different people that you, uh, you know, that you, uh, you, that you counsel. One of the things you can obviously do is stay around your campus ministry for a period of time, and how about giving back what you've been given? Okay, you get a job, you start actually contributing more in the weekly contribution to help support, you know, other people. You're not sitting around, please give me money, you know, but you're going to making some money, okay, and contributing, and then you're just there really serving and getting in there and helping disciple a couple of people and serving and helping out your campus minister or your other campus leaders, and you just get, and you just give back. You know, for a year or two, and that's great for you. Shapes your character. It helps many other people, you know, become Christians as well. That's a great option. We got some great people that are doing that, you know, here at North River. Oh yeah, by the way, I just got to say this, okay? This stuff because sometimes people go, "Oh man, two hundred students," you know, uh, "Wow, is that ever going to happen again?" It's going to happen a lot more than that, okay? Uh, but even here in North River, our campus ministry used to be twenty people. Okay, but now with the great work that people like Tom and Courtney and Jordan and Latoya, Brooke and Brody recently coming here, it's almost 200 students. Okay, that can happen anywhere. Okay, if it's God's will and if there's that kind of commitment to the over time, not going to happen in a year, it might take you five, ten years, but it can get there. Okay, if we keep our eyes focused and if that's important to you and the people in your church, you know, if it is. The other thing you can obviously do, you can go to the singles. For some of you, that is like going on a mission team because it's not too exciting. There are some of our single ministries, some of our churches that are not like, they're just not scintillating yet, okay? But uh, there are others that are really going well, okay? But you can say, okay, I'm graduated, I'm gonna, I'll get a job, I'll start giving back, but I'm going to get in there and help lead a Bible talk and help convert some single people, okay? And help that ministry either continue to grow or actually be able to start growing, okay? That's a great thing to be able to do, but in all these things, you want to talk to church leaders and say, where am I needed the most? You can get a couple other brothers and sisters and start an apartment. You know, get a new apartment in, a, in an apartment complex where there's no Bible talk, 
you know, that's taking place. We did this all the time in those other days. We just strategically, you know, figure out all the different apartment complexes, you know, in town and make sure we had some people, you know, there and we had some neat combinations of single and campus people that are working together. It's a great option to be able to do, do that. You can plan and go on a church planting and let people know, this is what I want to do and I'm willing to go there for a year or two and I'll do whatever. I mean, we, when we planted a church in Auburn, Tuskegee, we had one sister, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jackie Webb, we had this great offer to, for a teaching assignment here in Atlanta and went and continued to work at, at, at uh, Chili's for minimum wage type stuff just so she could be basically our only single, you know, kind of disciple with that little group of eight people who went. And she, it was so important to be able to have that. We still need people to go to Auburn, Tuskegee. I mean, it's a great little church. We still need people to graduate and go get jobs and to help. And so many of the other small churches need the same thing. So you can go help a, a, a smaller church. You can go uh, plan to be in a church planting just in North River. We're, pl we're planning on planting a new church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in January of 2018. If that's something, you know, we don't we have no church there. Or at Ole Miss or several of these other places where there are great campuses that need to be evangelized. A little earlier in the summer of uh, next summer in Jackson, Mississippi, we're going to help replant the church there with Sydney Dockery and the other folks there. And so there are wonderful opportunities. And in your family of churches or your state or, you know, in your home church, there are plans like that as well. Okay, and you can say, you know, I want to be a part of that and I want to train and get ready because you can't be a goof off if you do that. Okay, because in a small church, in a church planting, those initial conversions are so important and to see the lifestyle of all the disciples really completely united and having a church yeah, a, 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 a church planting kind of mindset. Yeah. Another thing you can really do is stay in your, you know, in your church and devote yourself to the teen ministry or the middle school ministry. Yeah. And particularly you guys that have been raised around the church, yeah. okay, because you know what the needs are. We don't have that many people who choose to do that in North River. We've recently had some people who like uh, Nick and Amber that have decided to be able to devote themselves in that way and others. I'm not mentioning all of them. I know Bree as serving as interns, going to work with the teams and with campus, you know, together. We need more of us in, in this age group to decide when I graduate, I want to give a couple of years to the team ministry or middle school ministry and help get these guys red hot for Christ by the time they graduate and go into your campus ministry. Okay, and it's a very powerful thing. And Ed and I were talking last night. This is true. All through the last 30 years, some of the, some of the most effective church leaders and planters in you know in in our fellowship of churches uh spent two or three years helping lead a teen ministry or youth and family ministry and to get a broad base you know of you know training in that regard and so that's just some of the things that you can do there are many options i mean you um um i'm gonna, I'm gonna pause there okay and just say the but the most important thing for you to get from what I'm trying to communicate, and I've tried, Kelly and I have tried in our lives for four out of our five decades or so, you know, or, you know, around the church, is, is, is to have that same spirit. We moved here in 2005 or uh, 2006 from LA. We loved it out there. We were able to be over all the campuses out there. Our kids were out there. You know, we loved our relationships out there, everything about it. We've been out there for 15 years. And we were asked to come to Atlanta and come to North River. And we prayed and we thought about it for about a year and a half. 
we did that was not something we really wanted to do we got a lot of advice like you need to do on any of that stuff i just talked about okay you heard anton say let god lead your heart and get lots of advice Right. Okay, which this is how it works. Okay, because you'll see in the Bible, God uses leaders to pick different people to say, okay, here's where we need to do this. Okay, trust that process. Okay, and the things that God puts on, on your heart. But this spirit and this attitude's got to be, I got to be willing to do it. So Kelly and I were like, we're going, wow, man, we tell everybody else I got to do this. And our son's just going off to Moscow on a one year challenge. We got to be willing to do it. That's right. And so, you know, we I think that. that, that it helped us the most is we start thinking what if we had been when we were in campus and we'd gone to the University of Alabama or Auburn where we had no church or Clemson where we had no church you know in 2005 or several of these up what would have happened if we had gone there with no campus ministry and so if they think we can help out you know I guess here my send us you know we'll see see what we can do and um you know, we try to keep that heart. I hope you see them, the different brothers and sisters yeah. last night. We try to maintain that spirit, you know, and not just expecting it out of you. But you guys are young and young and dumb and, and dumb in the sense that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, that you, you, you don't know all the things that could go wrong. Okay. Which is great. Okay. You know, which is great. Okay. And, 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 and you got big dreams. And just get out there and try some stuff that stretches you out. And it starts in our campus stuff we're doing, you know, today and tomorrow, you know, and Wednesday. And just with, uh, I'll just ask, just from the bottom of your heart, really try and spend a lot of time re reading this and putting in your heart and to be able to say with the deepest sincerity, like Isaiah, Lord, here am I, send me wherever I'm needed. Please lead me in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys.